I have the pleasure of being here with a good friend of mine, Amber Baca. Amber, how are we doing today? Super fantastic. We are about, we're up in South Park, Colorado, 10,000 feet above sea level. So it's quite windy and a little snowy, but we're doing well up here. Yeah, the wind has been kind of crazy the past couple of days. Oh my God. Like everything in my backyard has been like blowing all over the place. Yeah. Amber, I, so I, I think we've known each other for a few years now. Um, this past year, it feels like a, a blur uh, for everyone. Um, so I feel like we've like fast forwarded into 2021, which is really interesting. Um, and I want to touch on at some point in this chat about Tracks Team Solutions and your consulting experience, your compliance, compliance experience, all your operational experience and some really big updates that you have for everyone that are first time announcements on this podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, but I really wanted to dive into your story and break down where you're from and kind of leading into how you got involved into the crazy cannabis industry that we're in today. Um, so yeah, where, where are you, where are you from? I'm actually a Denver native. I'm a rare unicorn in these parts <laughs> so no way so native, yeah no way so did you so from a young age you kind of were exposed to cannabis probably sooner than most did you start consuming when you were younger or i did honestly i i, I started consuming uh cannabis at a very very young age um at the age at which we don't recommend it at this point <laughs> in our industry yeah I've, Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that we are not doctors and we're not lawyers. So that's always but, a... <laughs> but, you know, I'm also proud to say that, let's see, how yeah. old am I? I've been consuming cannabis for like 30 years at this point. No, maybe 26 years. So wow. yeah, got a lot of experience in that area. But um, yeah, I grew up in Denver, moved to Littleton for high school, um, got my bachelor's degree from CU Boulder. Subsequently, got a master's degree from DU in Denver. And uh, other than call, other than a few places abroad that I've lived here and there, I've been in Colorado pretty much my whole life. But yeah, cannabis wasn't really, you know, growing up here. You know, it was just kind of around, and like even when yeah. we did get in trouble, nothing serious happened. They just kind of <laughs> yeah. took it away. And or maybe I remember one time in college in Boulder, they busted one of our parties and there was like a, a table full of paraphernalia and they just picked out like two or three items and left. And I was like, okay, now I know you just wanted to pick up a few pieces. All right. Like at least I'm not getting in trouble, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. Would you say that like, um, like how has your experience with cannabis changed over the years? Like for me, like I, I feel like I started doing it just to kind of like see what it was. And then um, over time realized that I was probably using it because my AD, ADD was so bad and it helped me slow things down. And now I feel like I have this control over cannabinoids and terpenes. Um, have, have you like experienced like a similar relationship or? Yeah. I mean, I will say that, well, first of all, I do think that recreational use of cannabis is actually medicinal. So I will say that I, I use cannabis for both straight up medicinal purposes, uh, specifically for sleep, um, 
to aid me with sleep and then also for pain relief. Um, but I also use it recreationally as well. And, and for me, um, you know, at this point in my life, having a well-informed, you know, educated, you know, well, a good range of information about cannabis, even though I know that there might be some detrimental effects long-term, depending on what you're using and how you're using it and whatnot. I still think for me, you know, pharmaceuticals are not a good option for me. My body's very sensitive. I don't react well to them. I don't really need, I don't want to be, you know, dependent upon having to go and, you know, talk to a doctor regularly. So yeah, yeah. I, just, I choose cannabis instead. And, um, you know, at this point, I'm just really doing what I can to try and I teach a lot of classes, uh, sell smart responsible vendor classes for cannabis trainers these days. That's primarily what I'm doing with most of my time in the industry. And we cover an entire section on um, consumer education. And, you know, I'm really trying to impart to these, especially these new industry professionals that it is imperative that we give proper information to our consumers to make sure they're staying safe, they're not over consuming because A, we don't wanna hurt people and B, like this is how we move the industry forward, right? We yeah. help people have positive experiences and well-informed um, experiences with cannabis rather than just, you know, and, and honestly, cannabis isn't for every single human, you know? Yeah, that's, and that's yeah it's something that we always touch on, like on the podcast is like how it impacts every single person differently, just like any other chemical that you put into your body. Um, and that's a huge factor, you know, and that's why it's like always just, you know, starting small is always the way to go with drugs in general. Um, especially cannabis. Um, no, thank you. Thank you for the, uh, the insight. I, because I just really am so intrigued with, you know, everyone's different story with the plant and how the relationship has like evolved over time. And especially when you fall into positions like, you know, you and I, where we're so deep into the industry and exposed to all this education. And then it, it, it simultaneously transforms our relationship too, because like we're submersed in like the most educated conversations you can probably have around the plant, which is, which is awesome. Um, and I'm really grateful to share, you know, this type of information with everyone uh, who is in legal states and also especially like non-legal states and like is going to be new uh, to this, this experience that we, that we're able to have. Um, when did in your like when did you start getting involved into the industry like what attract what attracted you to the industry i guess would be a good way to play start to be honest i just needed a job at a certain point like <laughs> yeah. i you know i was already a long-term cannabis consumer but i had a master's degree from du in international development and i literally had like four other jobs during this period of time. And I, I wasn't making enough to pay the bills. So, you know, I had talked to some friends and a really good friend of mine, Tao, give her a shout out. She she actually got me into shout the out Yeah, she was like, hey, you know, I have some friends, they're growers, they need some trimmers, they need some help. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So it was this farm outside of Longmont. It was not fully legal, I will admit that. <laughs> but, um, you know- It was a job. It was, you know, it was some of the hardest work I've ever done in my life. Like literally it was winter. I camped up there in my tent. I slept in my tent at night. I got up in the morning, trimmed, ate, trimmed. And so I trimmed for like 14 hours a day and slept outside in the winter. And I made a bunch of money and I was like, ooh, like I actually, I love cannabis, 
I'm really enjoying like the art form of trimming and making these buds look beautiful and being efficient about it. And I was like, I'm so into this. And I loved the culture, right? Just the people sitting around the table and listening to music and, you know, laughing, just so many laughs. And so it was at that point I was hooked. <laughs> so you many know? laughs. I was, like, I was like, I was like, cool. You know, this is something I can actually get stink my head, my teeth into. It's, it's, it's something new. It's exciting. It's, it wasn't a far reach for me, but, um, so after that, I was hired as a courier for a summer, and then um, I was still trimming at the same time. And then I, eventually I was hired, after like a couple years, I was hired on as a store manager for a, a medical dispensary in Denver. And then I okay. was there for about four and a half years. And by the time I left, we had several dispensaries and I was the GM and, you know, it was an entire career at that well, point. Well, that probably opened up your eyes to a lot then. You know, it, it was so incredible because at that point it was no longer a job. It was not, and it was not only just a career, it was working with patients, hearing their stories. I mean, I was crying at work several times a week, hearing these awful and beautiful stories about, you know, how, how much pain people were in or, you know, and, and how, how much cannabis has helped them or, you know, how they got off of opioids or whatever. I mean, I still have a patient to this day his name is Mr. Larry. I'll give him a shout out as well. Mr. Larry Mr. and I. Mr. Still, Larry. <laughs> yeah, we're still friends on Facebook. And he's he's just so grateful that I was there to provide him with cannabis medicine at a point in the, his life where he thinks it saved his life. And that's I'm appreciative awesome. for him. And I'm appreciative that we're still in touch. So that's when things shifted. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is big. Like, this is something yeah. I put my whole heart behind. And my all of my energy and that's pretty much what I've done for the past decade <laughs> yeah it's it's really interesting I feel like I feel like yeah you almost everyone in the industry has that like moment of um like clarity or like almost like an epiphany about like the power that can be harnessed behind even just the littlest things that you can do in the legal industry and how that influences hearts and minds all over the world at this point. Um, and it's beautiful. It's really cool. That's really interesting that that's how your journey kind of started. Cause I love to hear when people had like that moment. Um, and yeah. And so, so did that kind of lead to eventually you becoming your own consultant and like you're an entrepreneur and, um, leading into kind of tracks teams. Yeah. So when I left my position with the, the dispensaries, I, you know, I was, I was pretty scared, actually. I was like, I don't really know what to do. I don't know if I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't know if I have the um, the bandwidth to not only handle everything myself, but also the discipline to actually get my ass to work every day. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, because there's nobody telling you what to do, right? So I was really scared. But I, at that point, I, I did decide that I wanted to get into consulting. So I was hired on with a consulting, a, a compliance consulting firm. Um, and then I was also hired on as a facilitator for cannabis trainers. So I'm still teaching classes for cannabis trainers all these years later. And I'm super excited about that. We're in multiple states now and it's really fun. I love, I love teaching, I really do. Um, but the compliance thing really got, you know, it's stuck as well because really at the end of the day, all we're really talking about, if you boil it down is safety, public safety, consumer safety, employee safety. And I was like, wow, okay, so this is something I can do within the cannabis industry, an industry that's helping people, but I can help people 
and like employees and consumers in the industry. So I was yeah. like, cool. And, and, you know, compliance is challenging and it's dynamic. And I tend to not, you know, I get bored easily, I guess you could say. Not that I'm ever bored these days, but yeah, so I, it was something I could sink my teeth into. And, and I feel like I, you know, hopefully my intention is to do as much good as I can with the knowledge I have. And so that's, that's my goal is to just try and help as much as I can in terms of keeping people safe and also helping businesses stay compliant so they can make that money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Compliance is, yeah. Like what it boils down to. It's like, if you're not compliant, you can't operate in your risk at any given moment in time all around. Um, well, and even you, like I tell my students all the time, I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do in the cannabis industry. Even if you are helping with marketing, you have yeah. to understand compliance and what's yeah, allowed. Yeah. You need to be careful. Yeah, yeah. We always, yeah. Whenever clients ask us for advice, it's always like, we always, you know, err on the side of caution with any type of marketing strategy, especially like content that you're putting out um, when, you're, when you're at risk of making some type of insinuations where it's like a health claim or mm -hmm. you're posting consumption content on platforms that it's not necessarily allowed. Um, so yeah, you're, you're kind of always at risk. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we've, we have some pretty great conversations with our clients about, you know, how they want to approach it with us because we kind of are not, again, you know, we're not attorneys. So um, mm -hmm. We have to go off best practice and like all of our research. Um, so you have some pretty big updates about tracks, though, that I'm intrigued to hear because I actually yeah. haven't even necessarily heard heard the full scoop. So what, what's heard. going on? <laughs> okay. What's that? So, I said nobody's heard the details yet. This yeah, is the yeah. first time. This is like I need to do like a breaking news segment on my <laughs> podcast now. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I launched Track Team Solutions several years ago, and, and primarily it has been a consulting and training firm, um, primarily cannabis consulting. But I built this really cool coalition of experts, and you're one of our coalition members. Yeah. We just have some amazing people involved who all contribute different things to getting businesses up and running. And that's been really fun. I've really enjoyed my time doing that. But um, we purchased this property up in South Park, Colorado, uh, early last year, just before COVID actually, but we're on 40 acres. And wow. um, prior to my time in the cannabis industry, I actually traveled around the world and studied environmental sustainability, um, permaculture. Oh. Yeah, so that really, makes sense. that was my entire goal before, I call it BC, before cannabis. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, then, it's um, like that, and then before COVID. <laughs> Yeah. I think you're the one that told me that joke, or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, you know, that was my goal was to travel the world and help to set up um, sustainable international development projects. And so I kind of landed in the cannabis industry to pay the bills, but then I loved it and it kind of it had me hooked for a while. But there's always been this part of me that's like, how do I get back to sustainability? How do I incorporate sustain, like my ideas for sustainability within the cannabis industry. And I just, I could never quite figure out how to put the pieces together until we purchased this property. So now in Colorado, um, if you were unaware, as of January 1st, it is now totally compliant for third parties to pick up waste materials um, from licensed cannabis grows and to take it and do really cool things with it, like compost it or put it in an anaerobic digester or process it and turn it into animal bedding or whatever. Um, that part was already compliant. 
but they, they're opening up the floodgates, so to speak, to really um, help support these sustainability initiatives. And now that we have this property, I'm like, well, we have, we have room here, let's get involved. So I don't, I'm not gonna tell you exactly what we're gonna be doing, but I will tell you, we will be picking up um, grow waste from select growers who tend to have- Just, just cannabis or, or hemp as well? We'll do hemp as well, but I feel like with hemp, they aren't as regulated. So there are already options to divert that waste away from landfills, whereas yeah. cannabis, it's so restricted because of the THC that this is a market that's that nobody's like hardly anybody's helping to divert that waste right now. So that's where I really want to focus my attention because there's so much waste going into the yeah. landfill. Yeah. Yeah, um, so we're gonna work with select growers who tend, I, I won't say that they're organic, but they're definitely gonna be you know, more on the organic minded side of things, clean cannabis, naturally grown, that sort of thing. We're gonna bring that waste uh, material up here. We're gonna process it. We're gonna make some really cool things out of it. And the intention is once we get this established and we show proof of concept, the, the intent, intention is to relaunch my international nonprofit and take this and use it as a model for other individuals and communities around the world to be able to a divert waste and b create a business out of it and and find some you know hopefully help create some more jobs and um, opportunities for people who who could appreciate it. <laughs> for sure, that's awesome. Yeah. So in the wow. meantime, I'm still going to do the compliance thing. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's still you know. something really cool that like you're working towards right now. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued to talk about this offline with you too. Like that's such a good idea. Um, <laughs> it's man, not my mind's, kind of, my mind's kind of racing now. <laughs> Get up here, John. Come on. Let's I do know. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing that update for us. Um, I'm going to need to talk to my animator and have like a breaking news like thing pop up like next to your, your screen up there when we, when we produce this. Um, I'm I'm so grateful I could share it with you because I adore you and oh, just, likewise. like, thank you. And I'm, I'm like, you can see I'm all flush. I'm super excited about this. I just, yeah, can't you should wait. be. That's awesome. I mean, it's really cool to be an entrepreneur during this time and then also be able to launch new programs that are only benefiting your community. And eventually at a global level, you have an opportunity here, which um, like when you have that epiphany that you mentioned, that's kind of like, you kind of almost can see it from like a small perspective and then this huge macro perspective. And then it's really just about refining how you fit into that picture there, uh, mm -hmm. which is a, which has been a huge part of my cannabis journey. And clearly it's been a huge part of yours too, which I think is really, really cool. Um, last thing I want to just touch on is what are your thoughts about everything going on in DC right now with federal legalization? Um, or like, does it scare you at all? I'm like a little bit nervous about what, what could potentially happen. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm with you. I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I think it's impossible to predict, you know, exactly yeah. what's gonna happen and how, what it's gonna look like. Um, I mean, I hope they, I guess at the end of the day, I hope the people making those decisions understand that there are so many people who are employed by this industry. There's so, 
This is not just a, oh, we need um, the industry to be running so we can get the tax revenue. Like there's so many ripple benefits. Yeah, it's like, there's so many layers. Yeah. So I just hope that they they keep that in mind. And like, I feel like, you know, at least on the state level, I feel like regulators kind of get that, right? I mean, the cannabis industry is actually thriving right now in the middle of the pandemic. And I think the regulators are really, they are trying to work with businesses. They're trying to work with employees and say, you know, hey, if you do this, 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 and this, and you keep people safe, we're going to let you keep doing this. We want to keep you open. We want to keep you employed. We want to keep that tax revenue coming in. Um, So if they start to shift away from that model, a lot of those benefits would be lost. So I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But you know what? That's part of the cannabis industry, right? You never know what's around the corner. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I completely agree. Um, it's scary to think like how much they could ruin it. Because um, on top of like the layers of like lives that will be impacted who are like so deep in the industry, like, especially people like you and I, um, it's a sacred thing. It's mm-hmm. not alcohol. It's not tobacco. Um, you know, it's not pharmaceuticals. It's It's its own category of, medicine and plant um, mm-hmm. and it requires a certain respect that I don't feel the government has you know considering like how they've treated the plant <laughs> the past hundred years I tend to um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> Amber thank you so much for your time I I really appreciate you sharing the great news with us and sharing your story because I feel like these stories are really additional to what can change hearts and minds about the plant and the future of the industry. Um, where can people find you? I know we have tracksteamsolutions.com, which is the main website right now. And tracks is spelled T-R-A-X. Um, social media wise, at so, Trax Solutions. Yep, Tracks Team Solutions on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm in the middle of launching the new websites for the new exciting adventure that we're about to embark on. Um, so I've got the domains, haven't launched the websites yet, but I will definitely be very loud about it when we're ready. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and I will plug in links to all your uh, website and social media into the podcast when we publish it. Thank you again, Amber, and I hope Thanks, you have Dad. a great rest of the day. You're the best. Thank you.